We're in the book of Jude, and uh, I was talking to one of our guests today before the, before the service, and uh, just talking about it. it's a quick read. It's a quick, power-packed read about how to win in life. And I just would love to just jump right back in. This is week number three, Jude chapter one, verse three. The Bible says this, beloved, Although I was eager to write you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you. So let's just stop right there. He is basically saying, when I sat down to write a letter to you, I had one idea of what I was supposed to write. And as I began to write it, it's like the Lord stopped the pen. He said, I have something else for you to write. And that something else is now with us forever in the Word of God. And what was that something else? I wanted to encourage, I wanted to talk about just our common experiences. I wanted to talk about how how we all found salvation in Jesus. I wanted to talk about that, but God arrested my hand and he told me to write something else. He said, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith, to fight for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord, Jesus Christ. And so, just to kind of tell you what happens next as you read it on your own time, the next several verses, he begins to talk about the danger of false teaching. He begins to talk about the danger of buying into false teaching, and he talks about how it doesn't go well when you deviate, when you stray away from God's truth. And then in verse 18, he picks it up and he says, they said to you in the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the spirit, but you beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. And this is the word of God. As we read and as we walk through the book of Jude, he said, contend for the faith. Contend. Fight for it. But what's on the other side of the fight? What's on the other side of the fight? Winning. Why do we go to war? To win. Why should we fight? To win. So Jude, in a very real way, is all about your winning life. You know, we talk about winning, I think about what I've been watching. I've been watching some March Madness, hello. How many of your brackets are pristine? They're intact, not many, a couple of hands. One of the things I love about sports, and basketball is particularly challenging for this, at the speed at which they play, are the referees and how these refs at the highest levels, they're able to discern the slightest foul. And I know we give them all a hard time, and I do too, and I I disagree and all that, but notice we had the the incredible luxury of slow motion replay, right? They're making the call, bam, bam, and somehow they have trained and tuned their eyes for the play to slow down. And they can see, like I I, I was watching a game and 
and I, they called a penalty, they called a foul, and I was like, that wasn't a foul. Slow motion, it was a foul. They've trained their eyes to do that. Training their eyes. We gotta train our eyes to win. I was training my eyes recently uh, fishing. This is a wonderful season if you're into bass fishing. I didn't get one amen. It's a wonderful season, it's the spring spawn. And one of the delightful things about this season of fishing is you can actually sight fish. Okay, sight fishing is where, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help y'all, y'all don't know this maybe. Sight fishing is where you're in the boat and you can see in the water these patches. Okay, let me back up even more. So the bass, the male bass, he goes in and when it's time to make some babies, the male bass will go and he'll use his tail and he'll like broom sweep a little section on that grassy, muddy area. He'll broom sweep it. Even if you catch a male bass, he'll have bloody tail at times. He's just been broom sweeping. And once it's all swept out, he invites the ladies over. Okay? To spawn the eggs and give birth to little baby bass. And sight fishing, <clears throat> you're in the boat and you see this patch, like a little bald patch, like a little plate right there, ready to go. Just a bald patch right there. You can see it and you have a good chance at the right time of catching either a male or a female, depending. Uh, they're defending that nest, they're defending that house, and you can catch a fish, it's really fun. And so I was out with a guide like two weeks ago in East Texas, and um, I was, we were sight fishing, and this dude was awesome. He was sight fishing, and, and we were there, and he was like, all right, there they are. And I'm like, where they are? <laughs> He's like, right there, can't you see it? I was like, no, right there, can't you see it? And then he made me feel stupid. Because that dude could see the fish. In a way, I could not see the fish. I mean, he could see them, and it, it was amazing. I couldn't see what he saw, because he had trained his eyes. This is what he does every day. He had trained his eyes to see what I could not see. I couldn't see it. It was so bad, I, I started faking it. Okay, there, there she is, do you see her? Yeah, I see her. <laughs> at some point, I just had to obey his voice. You know, at some point, he said they're there, and I threw in, he said, okay, a little bit. So I twitched it up just a little bit, stop. And then at one point, he even said, you have a fish, please set the hook. <laughs> I mean, at some point, it just had to, listen, today, what we're gonna learn from Jude is how to slow down life and see the penalties and see the errors that others are not seeing. We're gonna tune our eyes and tune our lives to be aware of things that others just aren't seeing. And you can do it. And it doesn't require a PhD in Bible and it doesn't require 20 years of following Jesus the Holy Spirit of God wants to build your biblical worldview today. He wants to start building your judgment today. He wants to start building your filter today. And Jude is, is writing this whole book so that this church that he loved would throw away their bad filter and pick up their good filter. 
This is a powerful example when we see it in the book of Jude. What did he do? Verse five, you can write this down. Verse five, he talked about the, the power of a, a filter of unbelief. Some people have a filter. They look at the world through unbelief. He's like, you need to throw away that filter. It doesn't work for you. And then in verse six, he talked about the angels who had rebelled against God and they're looking at the world through a filter of, of wrong belief. They have bought a lie. And then he goes on, he starts talking about in verse seven, Sodom and Gomorrah, and Jude points out that these had a dislocated desire and they viewed their whole world through the filter of dislocated desire, appetite. And that did not work out well. Every single one of these, they were destroyed. Every single one of them led to destruction. It's the power of a bad filter. Now what is, what I'm really coming down to is this, this word, this is the word, discernment. Discernment. We need more discernment in our lives. We need to build godly discernment and Jude here is saying, if you don't have discernment, you will not win in life. Discernment is judgment. Discernment is worldview. Discernment is filter. What do I mean when I say filter? What does a filter do? Come on, coffee drinkers. I saw y'all lugging in your own little personal coffee because ours isn't good enough for you. <laughs> so you're serious about your filter. I am too, I'm with you. Here's the deal. What does a filter do? A filter holds out the grounds and lets in the good coffee. The water that's been infused with that caffeine and that coffee, it lets it through and keeps out the grounds. Everybody in this room has a filter. Everyone in this room has a filter. You know, we may say, and I do too, I say it all the time, oh man, I have no filter today. Or, or you may say, man, that person, they have no filter, so just get ready. You know, Uncle Johnny, man, kids, he has no filter. So whatever he says, we'll clean it up later. Actually, Johnny has a filter. We all have a filter. It's a question of, is your filter good or bad? Not present or absent. You have a filter, but some of our filter it's letting the grounds in and keeping the coffee out. You're letting the bad stuff in, ole, and you're holding back the stuff that actually brings you life and joy and peace and, 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 and happiness. So today we're gonna work on the right filter, embracing the right filter, getting good judgment, building a biblical worldview. This is how you win, discernment. Turn to your neighbor and say discernment. Discernment. That was kind of a whisper discernment, discernment. Proverbs, or <laughs> Psalm 32, eight. The Bible says this, Psalm 32, eight. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will instruct you, I will teach you in the way that you should go. Do you see what God is saying there? I will instruct you. I will teach you on the way that you should go. I believe sometimes we treat God like the bat phone. I only need that superhero when it's really bad. And when it's really bad, I'll pick up the bat phone and I'll go get God and ask him, what do I do now? But here God is saying quite the opposite. 
I'm to be a regular companion in your life. I'm the one that will teach you knowledge. I'm the one that will build your filter. I'm the one that shapes your worldview, and if you'll trust me like that, it'll go well with you. And I can't promise that that means that you're gonna get rich and you're gonna have all these friends and all that kind of stuff, but what will go well with you is you'll be walking with the confidence and a peace and a presence that defies logic. So we gotta build that discernment. We gotta build that biblical filter. We gotta get good judgment. Philippians 1.9, the Bible says, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. So how, does, how, do, how do we have knowledge and discernment? Or how do we have love? Some of us, we're making our decisions based on what we think of a concept of love, which is really more just sentimentality. We make our decisions based on how we feel. We make our decisions based on our emotions. Some of us are even determining our eternal home based on what you feel. Like you've decided, you have a personally made theology that this is how I go to heaven. Well, I just believe that ba 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 ba, and it's usually very sentimental. And what God here is saying is love, uh, love doesn't produce knowledge, knowledge produces love. He says, if you'll embrace my knowledge and you'll embrace, allow me to build your discernment, your love will abound and abound and abound and abound. How many of us know that a home with no discipline is an unloving home? That was only parents that went amen. <laughs> I'm gonna say it again, y'all missed it. A home with no discipline, no, no, you know what discipline is? Discipline is the effort to help someone have self-control when they have no self-control. So discipline is a loving, when it's done God's way, is a loving home that is shepherding your heart to thrive. We want life, we don't want discipline. We want life, we don't want the knowledge and what it takes to get there. Today, we're gonna build a biblical worldview. We're gonna work on that discernment. We're gonna get good judgment. We're gonna apply a good filter, and God says, it comes from me. It comes from me. Now often we wrestle, whenever we're trying to build that filter, we listen to preachers, we listen to teachers, and, and I just wanted, I wanted to throw this into the message. I think it's kind of helpful just uh, as a church. Whenever you're listening to teaching, you gotta have a good biblical filter. You gotta have a good filter. You have to have good judgment whenever you're listening, even that right now. And in church, sometimes we bounce between two massive extremes, okay? You're watching a video or you're listening to someone, and there's the one extreme that's like trigger happy to call everything false teaching. Trigger happy to call everything false teaching. So as you're trying to build your biblical worldview, you, you come across some teaching and you're like, false teacher, false teacher, false teacher. And the number one place you're gonna see this is on YouTube. Now I'm trying to help you right now, okay? I'm throwing this in, totally. Jude had no idea what the internet was, okay? Much less social media. This is just me to you, all right? And here's, here's what I see happening in the Western church today. We have, and I, I see it too, on YouTube, especially if the algorithm picks up that you like to look at teaching, you like to get teaching, you're gonna get all these videos that talk about false teachers, false teachers, false teachers, false teachers, okay? And I, I wanna let you in on, on a little secret. Social media influencers and big platform videos, 
they, when you have enough followers, you monetize your following. And the way that you get money from all those followers is clicks. And the way you get clicks is not by being super encouraging, right? Like I was trying to watch the University of Tennessee volunteers play basketball and they would not let go of the weather because it was like impending doom, right? And I'm like, come on, man, I got it. I wanna watch my game. Sorry, I'm, I, maybe I'm dead inside, I don't know, but <laughs> bad news sells. We know this from, from back in the days when we had newspapers, we knew that the negative headline is on the front page, the retraction three months later is on, buried on page six. Uh, the, the front headline is rarely great news. Negative news gets clicks. And so the game is this, if I can get you to click that this teacher's super dangerous for you, this teacher's a false teacher, this is false, sort of trigger happy on false teacher. False teacher! False teacher! It's like you're walking around, you don't know how to shoot a gun, and you're walking, you're a little nervous, and all of a sudden you hear something in the, in the grass over there. False teacher! And, and I'm gonna help you. Sometimes, yes, there are false teachers. We'll talk about that. We talked about it last week, but we can be trigger happy when A, maybe that, that teacher in that moment is taken out of context. That happens all the time, it's happened to me. I mean, they can, they can take a clip and make you look so stupid, it's horrible. And, and take a clip and they, you didn't hear the words before or after, just that one little clip, and then, oh, they're a false teacher. I, and then another thing is, maybe they are wrong in that clip, and they're misguided, like they're people. And so we need to cover with grace. Here's how I do it. I, con I consume a lot of Christian content, and I, I listen to a lot of preachers, I read a lot of books, I do all that, and what I do is I do a little thing, it's called eat the fish, spit out the bone, okay? What that means is I will listen, and you need to have a good biblical filter to do this, but I will listen to teaching, and when I hear error, I will mark it. Hmm, I don't know about that. As I continue listening, if that's kind of the only misstep, then I'm gonna cover that with grace, I'm gonna mark it in my mind, but if it's like riddled with missteps, riddled with errors, then I'll say, not for me. Does that make sense? Sometimes people are just human and they say something in the moment and they get a little out of, you know, and they didn't realize what they said and maybe they don't have good people around them helping them. I've got Dr. Claude on the front row right now. I have a lot, have a lot of people in my life that, that including Susan Thomas, by the way. But, but the truth is that it is important who you listen to. It's important that you listen to truth and Jude is warning against false teachers. There's one extreme, you're always talking, oh, that's a false teacher, oh, that's a false teacher, and they may just be misguided, cover them with grace, but if you see enough, then you say, not for me. I will often teach you, uh, give you preventative medicine for false, false teaching that's out there. I don't have to wave their names around um, publicly in this setting, uh, but I will provide you what you need to avoid false teaching. There's another extreme misstep, and that is there's absolutely no filter whatsoever. I, that's wrong, we all have a filter, right? You have a bad filter for checking truth. And what that means is that you just let anything in. And if they're funny, and if they're relatable, then you're like, that's true. And you have no filter, what's, you, have, you're, you have a bad filter. You're not engaging a biblical filter. 
We don't want any of those extremes. We wanna have a biblical filter. And the best way, best picture I saw uh, this past week as I was preparing, one person described it like an airplane, a big old 777 airplane coming in on the runway. When a big old airplane's coming in on a runway and, and they're looking down, you don't want one little light on the runway for a big old plane like that. And you don't even want like two lights randomly put out there. What you need is you need many lights aligned in a way that gets you safely to the ground. And that's how we build our discernment is through many different lights that help you land the plane of decision making. Who do I date? Is this person the one for me? How will I land the plane? I need some lights on the runway to help me know, okay, I'm landing safely. Do I take that job? Do I, what do I, how do I spend this bonus? Um, how do we parent these kids? How do we navigate social media? What do we do with phones? Is it too early? Is it too late? The Bible's not gonna tell you when to give your kid a phone. You need discernment. You need the lights on the runway so you can land the plane. Sleepovers. That was one for us when our kids were young. Do we let them have sleepovers? Do we not? How do we navigate that? We need lights on the runway to land the plane. You need a biblical worldview. We need discernment. So how do we do that? Number one, the Bible is the number one place to build your discernment. The Bible, the word of God, right here. This is it. What does the Bible say? Psalm 119.65, you have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. See how he keeps going back to the word of God? You are good and you do good. Teach me your statutes. The insolent smear me with lies, but with my whole heart I keep your precepts. Their heart is unfeeling like fat, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I was afflicted that I might learn your statutes. And I'll go back to one of those scriptures. Here it is. Teach me good judgment and knowledge. Verse 66, teach me good judgment and knowledge for I believe in your commandments. What is the writer here doing poetically, beautifully? Here's my life. Let's land it on the word of God. Here's my life. Let's land it on the word of God. Here's my challenges. Let's land it on the word of God. Here's my fears. Let's land it on the word of God. Here's my failure. Let's land it on the word of God. My friend, in case you didn't know it, you are in a church that loves the word of God. We love the word of God. We talk a lot. <laughs> we talk, you can get your phone. You can get it, mom. I saw you drop it. <laughs> I love you, mom. Let's give it up for my mom. She was so busy clapping, her phone went flying. I couldn't let that phone sit there. You know I couldn't let that phone sit there. It'd drive me crazy. Sweet, my mom, my mom is a saint. Y'all know that. But uh, we are, we, we talk about my truth. Well, this is my truth. We get, we sit on the couch with the talk show person. Well, here's my truth. At Keystone, we say the Bible is our truth. We need it. We need the word of God because it challenges us, it corrects us, it encourages us. Every single thing you need for life is all in the word of God. The Bible says the word of God is not temporary. This is with us forever. So like even after it's all been made good again, like after sin is kicked to the curb, after God undoes 
all that sin and death did, and he makes everything new. Did you know the word of God still stands? It's still with us. So that's so authoritative. It's not just authoritative for us in our broken state, it's authoritative for us in our glory state. So this is a book that stands the test of time, not just in wartime, but in peacetime. This is not just for the battle, this is for after you've won the war. This book is everything. I wonder how many of us are reading it. Like, I love that we clapped for the word of God just now. I, that just thr thrills me. What would even take it a next step is if we went home and we started reading it. Like, opening the Bible. I have images in my mind, and I think that's one thing we've kind of lost with digital scripture, and it is scripture, it's great. Digital, I love it. There's so much great with digital scripture, you know, Bible app and all that. I love it, I'm, all, I'm a big fan, I'm on board, okay? That being said, you know, you're waiting for the but. The one thing I miss is just opening up that Bible like my granddad did, and just sitting out, and I walking by as a, as a young kid, and I'd see his Bible all drawn in, and I knew my granddad was in the Word of God. Okay, some of y'all didn't have that legacy. You're the beginning of that legacy. You're the first branch on the new family tree. Let that family tree be built on the word of God. Listen, you never know how God is gonna surprise you in his word. What, I'm gonna refer to Kinsley a couple of times. What did Kinsley share? I got a verse. She didn't even know there was a verse on that piece of scripture, on that piece of paper. I read the verse and it was, heal me, God, which is exactly what she needed to hear. God's word is alive, it's powerful, it, it, is, it is effective. We must be reading the word of God. How do I read the Bible? Let me give you a couple of ways to read the Bible to begin building your biblical filter, to begin building, building, building your good judgment, building your worldview, okay? Because the culture's gonna try to force you into their worldview, and the Bible is different than the culture. So how do I do it? How can I start reading the Bible? Well, first thing is, you could have the verse of the day. Just let your Bible app, just you open up the Bible app and there's a verse of the day. If you, if you do the Bible app, there's a verse of the day. And you could read that verse of the day. You could even sign up on subscriptions online and you could have verses sent to your email. I'm sure if you work you get, and you're in the type of work that gets emails, you're gonna get that and just choose to read it instead of just choose to read it. And every day, just let it feed you. I had a massive parenting win this week. Like, I'm just gonna spike the football in front of all of you. <laughs> I, was in the, I was in the car, it was early morning, I was with Beckham. Beck is my 16-year-old son. And I was in the car with Beck, and we're driving, and it's early, and he looks at me and he says, hey dad, how about we read the verse of the day? That's my win. That's it. That's right. Give him a good time over there, guys. Give him a hard time. But you know what I'm saying? For me, for me, to see my son after years of taking him to school and his sisters to school and in the car ride saying, okay, guys, let's read the verse of the day. And then I'm, I'm gonna be honest, they roll their eyes or I can't right now, I'm, I'm putting on my makeup, you know, all that, I've gotten it all. And then finally one day, my 16-year-old son 
He says, how about we read the word of God? I'm like, I'm still living on it. I'm in the afterglow right now. I'm like loving it. So be consistent about it and you'll be surprised at the fruit that comes. You might be surprised. Um, another way, a really wonderful way to get the word of God is when you attend Keystone, write down the scriptures that we cover and then go read those this week because you've already heard them explained to you. You've already have a concept of where they came from and what they mean and so they're there for you. Another step in building your biblical worldview is memorizing scripture. Your word have I committed to my heart that I might not sin against you, King David wrote. I've, I've committed your word to my heart so that I won't sin against you. So there may be some challenges you're having in life, breaking an addiction or uh, a relationship conflict, and there's some scriptures that'll really get you through this season. Man, memorize a scripture or two and consistently build that as a pattern in your life. How do I do that? Let me give you a way to memorize scripture. Um, you, it's called habit stacking. Raise your hand if any of you have ever heard of habit stacking. I'm just curious. Okay, some of you have, wow. Okay, habit stacking is when you do habits like you don't even think about them anymore, like whenever you brush your teeth. Like, I hope we all do that. And when you're brushing your teeth, a habit is you don't even think about it anymore, you do it every single day. And so you're brushing your teeth, and if there's this thing you wanna start doing, like memorizing the Bible, memorizing scripture, and you always say you wanna do it, but you don't. It's a New Year's resolution, you never follow through. Here's the way to habit stack, put it into that habit that you always do. So one way to memorize scripture when you're brushing your teeth is put that verse on a sticky note on the mirror where you're brushing your teeth and commit every day when I'm brushing my teeth, I'm gonna read that scripture. And then when I'm done brushing my teeth, I'm gonna say it out loud. Do that for a month and you'd be surprised how you know that scripture. Especially that one, uh, here's a scripture, Jesus wept. You might have that one memorized by the end of it. But that's habit stacking. You just insert it into, into your everyday life and all of a sudden scripture becomes alive. And how what a great way to begin your day just with the word of God. I like to begin my day with the word of God. I like to end my day with the word of God. I read scripture at the beginning and the end. So the word of God, that's where it is at. Because listen, your regular diet of truth either builds you or wrecks you. If it's a documentary, if it's a podcast, if it's a blog and that's your diet of truth, it's either building you or wrecking you, there is no source of truth more authoritative than God's word. Have you ever said, God, I just wish you would speak to me clearly? He has. It's right here. You just don't know what it says yet, but it is rich. I've spent my whole life, I've been a Christ follower for over three decades and I'm barely scratching the surface. There's enough here for you. I promise you, there's enough here for you. Number two, way we're gonna build this awesome filter, okay? Um, on social media, have you ever seen somebody post, these are my people, and they're like, besties? These are my people. Do you have your people, right? My people, you're my people. It's the way we say it now, I don't know. Well, listen, your people either elevate or impair your judgment. We say it to the students all the time, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. If you hang around with people and all they wanna do is party, you're gonna end up partying. If you end up hanging out with people and you tend to gravitate toward their preferences when they're your people. So it's a very important question. Who are your people? What do they do? Maybe you have a crew and you're going through a season where alcohol for you has become a struggle. 
And you need to go through a season where you push away from alcohol to test yourself and see, hey, have I crossed the line into an unhealthy dependence? And so you wanna take a season off from alcohol, but your crew, the only way y'all hang is drink. And the only way y'all run together is party. So when you're pressing pause on alcohol for a season, where's the crew? Do they duck and dodge you? Because you're no more fun. I'm not making this up. As a pastor, you think I haven't heard this? People feel lost when they're trying to evaluate their health because they're no fun anymore. Bad crew. Bad crew. Let me talk to the homeboys. That means the men. You know what we like to do as guys? We joke. We joke. It's, it's, you get guys and girls together, and your friends, it's your crew, it's your people. The girls over here, they're sitting in front of the fire, and they're warm, and they're talking for hours. The dudes are over here cutting each other down, joking. Somebody says something funny, and then the other person's thinking, how do I make it even more extreme? That's what we do. Am I right, guys, or am I wrong? It's what we do. Okay, you're leaving me hanging now. Thank you. It's what we do. But if all you do is relate to one another through joking, then that's a bad crew because you're eventually, your humor is a way to hold people at arm's length. Did you know that? If all you do is relate through humor, you, you're, you're, it's a barrier to intimacy. And so I've had good friends, and we joke all the time. And this particular guy's, I, I, we just get each other's humor and we'll joke, and, and he came up to me one time, and he said, hey man, how are you doing? And I immediately just joked at him and like gave him some, you know, a hard time, whatever. Which, don't look at me like that, it was, it's funny. <laughs> and then he cut through it, and he said, no man, I'm, I'm serious, how are you doing? And I, at that point I knew I had a good crew, right? You see, it can't just be all one way. Who are your people? Show us your friends, I'll show you your future. Proverbs 13, 20 says this, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. Please, please, please stop turning to walking, living, breathing disasters for wisdom. Their marriage is filled with bad choices. Their finances are filled with bad choices. They, they, they have bad filter on this, bad filter on that, and then you're in a crisis and you turn to them? I'm just preaching what the word of God says. You have money problems? Are you running with people with money problems? Everybody's just spending and trying to grab a life they can't afford. Get some people in your life that talk differently than you. You're hanging around with people that, that are really smart financially and all of a sudden you're just there in the circle and they start talking about streams of income and you're like, streams of income? I wonder what that means. Daddy didn't teach me that. But when you're hanging out with these people, all of a sudden you start hearing about financial flow in a little different way and you're like, wait a second, they've got a job like I do. They've got stress like I do. Their kids are in, in sports like I am but they've got a couple of little streams of income. I'm gonna listen. And all of a sudden, if you're with the right crew, some financial 
strongholds may be broken just by being with the right people. Anybody with me right now? This is serious stuff. Your worldview is serious, and the people you run with is everything. The people you run with is everything. It's financial, it's relational, it's marriage. Are you, are you surrounded by a bunch of people, their marriages are on fire? How about a healthy marriage? Learn how he talks to her. Challenge yourself. Wow, he's really nice to her. Like, learn how thoughtful he is. I've been corrected by my friend group, you know? I mean, I'm like, dang, man. I gotta step up, man, I'm a disaster. You know, that's what it is whenever, thank you for laughing on the front row. That means you didn't think it was true, thank you. But daily, your people. And then finally, daily practices make or break your discernment. Daily practices make or break your discernment. I love this, Hebrews 5, 14. The Bible says, solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. You know what happens when you're living with sentimentality and not trained by the word of God to have a good filter? Your family, your, your marriage and your family are the first recipients of your bad filter. They're the ones that are gonna feel it first. If it proceeds past your family into a generational sin pattern, it begins to affect your first community. Pretty soon, your community is broken in the way they process truth. You begin, you begin uh, electing politicians out of that broken worldview. Those politicians bring laws that break your community, break the city, break the states. And it all started with you. It all starts with us. The, especially if you're a Christ follower today. Listen, God calls us to shine in opposition to the broken generational curses that are all around us. How do we do it? Right here, right today. Build your discernment by constant practice. Quickly, I'm gonna give you just a few ways to build that constant every single day of training. Number one, prayer. Pray, be a praying person. I'm not talking about well-rehearsed prayers after, before or after dinner. Um, those are great, but I'm talking about talking to the Lord. Have your kids heard you talk to the Lord? Like talk to the Lord. And you say, that's intimidating to me. Hey, life is full of adrenaline. Go jump in. Challenge yourself. Start praying to God. You say, but I need help. No, you don't. If you can talk, you can talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Number two, church. Kinsley described her journey with a church surrounding her. The Bible says when two or more are gathered, I'm here, and if you're here, God doesn't wanna waste your time. He has a purpose for you right now, church. Worship, worship. Now worship is a big category. John chapter four says my, uh, I'm looking for people who will worship me in spirit and in truth. So there's a big category of worship, which means my whole life is responding to God but I'm talking about singing. Singing is us with our voices in church responding to the Lord. And there's an intimacy that's built between God that builds a good filter, worship. And then, how about this? Let's just do Hebrews 5. Go ahead and do something, y'all. Just do something. Are you frozen? Are you frozen and fixed for fear of imperfect decisions? 
Like you're so afraid of making the wrong choice, you're making no choice. And you've prayed about it and you've read scripture. I, I remember when I was a young man and I, I was in a car with dad, I know exactly where I was. We were in Colleyville, we were driving up Hall Johnson Road. It was 1997 maybe, 98. And I was driving up the road with dad and I said, how do I know if Susan Bohannon is the one? I just don't wanna get this wrong. This is the rest of my life. When I'm in, I'm in. How do I know? And he said, have you prayed about it? Yeah, I've prayed about it. Well, have you been reading your Bible about it? God's showing you, yeah, I've been reading the Bible. I've been reading. He said something I'll never forget. He said, Brandon, sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta go for it. I think he really wanted me to marry Susan. <laughs> <laughs> he's like sometimes if you've been praying and there just is a point where you land the plane man the lights are there don't pull up every time it's time to land circle up around go down and pull up and circle up around land the plane put a ring on it and so I walked away from that conversation and I was in my master's degree in seminary and they had a chapel and I was in that chapel and a good friend of mine was preaching, the hero. And I, I decided, okay, God, I'm gonna move forward. And I've prayed about it and I've read scripture and I'm making this call and I'm asking you to stop me. By the way, I've prayed that a lot in my life. I'm moving forward. I haven't heard your audible voice, but I've gotten signs and I'm moving forward. God, would you stop me? And I'm sitting in that chapel service and they're singing a song. Many of you have never heard. It is well with my soul. And I began to bawl. Like I wanna cry now. And, and then he began to preach. My hero began to preach about crossing the river Jordan. And God's like, come on dude, she's really good for you. <laughs> you really need to marry her. Today, I pray that you could build your biblical worldview, your filter, your discernment. And I believe your family tree will change forever. Let's pray together. God, thank you that as Christ followers, we have your spirit to move us into moments like this where you literally change our family tree. You, you change the way we do friendships. You change the way we accept jobs. You change the way we approach the word of God. You change the way we consume truth. And the first beneficiary is our marriage and our family and our community and our city. So God, I pray that you do something special here today. I'm just asking God right now, would you do something special that we would stop being foolish in this room, including me? Where are my foolish zones, God? And God, would you build a better life, a winning life, through a biblical worldview, with solid judgment, Holy Spirit-inspired judgment, and a filter that's from you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.